Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today, we've got a great revenge story against somebody who intentionally depleted another person's phone balance. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, my grandfather shouldn't have been a teacher. To preface, growing up, my grandfather always made young female bartenders uncomfortable by giving them a creepy amount of attention. Think 16 to 17 year old girls. I always tried to defuse the situation. Luckily, he's never behaved this way towards me. He also used to be a teacher, and my dad told me this story recently. Apparently, when he was still a teacher in high school, he would hover over young girls. This was in the 70s or so. He would stand close to them, touch their shoulders, and generally give them more creepy attention. When he approached their tables, his crotch would rub the table's corner. Cue petty revenge from the boys in their class, cause everyone was getting fed up about it, but there was nothing they could really do. The boys put chalk on every corner of the table before one of his classes. So, for the rest of the year, he walked around with his crotch covered in white chalk. He isn't the most self-aware person, so he never noticed. My dad was friends with some of the people who did this, so that's why he knows. Beyond his horrendous behavior, I think what hurts me the most is the fact that OP's dad was friends with some of the people who did it. So imagine, not only do you have a creeper teacher going around at your school, it's your own father. I would be mortified. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy stories of revenge like these, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is standing up for myself. When I was in college, we had a bar within walking distance we would frequent. One night, I go up to the bar to order a drink. There's a lovely girl who I instantly wanted to talk to. I broke the ice and I offered to buy her a drink, but the catch was that she had to dance with me for one song. She eagerly said yes and we were off to a great start. Until we turn around, drinks in hand and take one step toward the dance floor. She sees some other dude, gets excited and hugs him. I wait for a minute, but it seems like I'm already forgotten. I see a few buddies nearby and I tell them what happened. My friend Jordan says, do something, man. So here comes my petty revenge. I walk up to her, say, excuse me, and take the drink out of her hand. I chug it down and slam the plastic cup down and walk away. No reaction from the pretty girl and her guy, but my buddies loved it and we had a good laugh about it. Hey, she didn't hold up her end of the bargain, and you paid for that drink. I see you had every right to do that. Our next story is, the app I used to make sure I hit my daily to-dos got bought. I paid $5 for lifetime full access to my favorite productivity app, then they got bought. The new owners added a bunch of stupid features that slow it way down and use that as an excuse to make it cost $60 a year. So freak that, but I still haven't found an app similar to the simpler version. I emailed them and updated my 5-star app store review to 1-star, and you can see so many reviews complaining about the same thing that they don't even respond to. What a way to start out with your existing customers. Well, it seems like they can't take away my access to the full version, so every day, several times a day, 
I open this app and get a splash screen telling me to buy it, and every day I X out of that message and continue using the app just as I had before. I don't even notice it anymore. It's been like this for months. They probably don't notice, but it makes me feel slightly vindicated every time. As long as you can do what you used to do with that app, I say keep on using it. You paid for it, but keep that one-star review up. I'm right there with OP. If I gotta X out of a pop-up every time I use it, it's just going to become routine. It's going to be nothing. It's like the WinRAR pop-up every time you open a zip file. At some point, you just have it mentally completely tuned out. You just expect it to pop up and hit close immediately. And now's a good time for everybody who wants to say use 7-Zip instead to do so in the comments. Our next story is Grocery Store Karen. This was years ago when I had a 22 caliber brain and a 50 caliber mouth. I was at a grocery store with two items. I went to the customer service desk, which had a sign that said five items or less. Just as I was approaching the counter, a Karen ducked in in front of me with a basket that had 12 to 15 items, and she started unloading it onto the counter. I looked at the cashier, pointed at the sign, held up my hand with my fingers spread out, and gestured as a question. She looked at me and shrugged as if she couldn't do anything about it. So I said to Karen, you must be a natural blonde. She replied, I am, how did you know? I pointed at the sign, because you can't count to five. Oh, she was mad. She paid and got out of there in a blur. Afterward, the cashier was grinning. I said, you probably aren't allowed to say anything, but I can. What's the point of having the sign there that says 10 items or less if they don't actually enforce it? I mean, I guess it depends on the chain. If this is at like a Walmart, this is probably one of two lanes there anyways. Our next story is keys. What keys? When I was 19, I used to work for this small roadside zoo. Think dirt paths and chicken wire holding back literal monkeys. It happened to be really close to one of the largest and most popular zoos in my country, which made this zoo very quiet. I was hired as a front reception and customer service, the first face you see. If I'm anything, I'm bubbly and they basically hired me on the spot. The owner of the zoo came in one day a few weeks after I started and struck up a conversation. In a roundabout way, found out I'm disabled and seemed very shocked since it's an invisible illness. This was the beginning of the end, I just didn't know it yet. Unfortunately for them, I was incredibly good at my job. Customers were happy, office was clean and I was finished with the work they gave me with half of my day empty and boring. The head zookeeper was young, short, attractive, and had a temperature that could rival Regina from Mean Girls. I tried asking for my responsibilities with a background in art. I offered my skills and knowledge in other areas just to fill my day and was met with a screaming almost 30-something man on his tiptoes spitting in my face that I needed to sit down, shut up, and smile for the customers. So I did. That was until the incident. One day, a friend of the owner's drops in this pair of birds as a surrender. This cute little white cockatiel and a blue Indian ring neck. I own a bird, and so when they put them in an old cage next to the office, I was very excited. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I wasn't to feed them, but I was allowed to talk to them. The days went by and the ringneck became very wild and unhappy. The poor little white bird was getting really sick. I tried telling the keepers that the seed was wet and the birds had no dry space when it rained. They didn't have toys or company and they weren't doing well. I was met with violent screaming. The head zookeeper had me pinned to a wall and I was so afraid he was going to hit me for suggesting his level of care wasn't good enough that I burst into tears and ran back to the office. I called the owner sobbing that he'd done that and she reassured me everything would be fine and to have a drink of water, calm down and finish the rest of my day. By the afternoon, one of the other keepers was sent up to the office and popped his head in to see if I was okay. Apparently, he was sent to snap the neck of the birds because euthanasia was too expensive for surrendered animals. I was unbelievably upset, and this keeper patted my shoulder. He was a massive introvert, and this means a lot, trying to calm me down. He said he didn't like it as much as I did, but he had to do his job or he might get fired. I asked him what they told him to do exactly, and he said, When I get back up there, there better not be any birds. So I asked, can I take them then? He said, as long as they aren't here, I did my job, and smirked as he walked out of the office. So there I am, smuggling birds in my shirt to my car, the sick little white one tucked up, holding onto my bra, all snuggled close, and this blue firecracker practicing for the next bull riding competition. I disinfected a spare cage I had at home, and put them in our sunroom to free fly. I was hand-feeding the little white bird with the medication the vet gave me and giving her some pats when I got an email. The owner had sent an email stating, Due to your ill health and unhappiness, you are no longer needed and your contract is terminated. That's when it hit me. She'd been trying to find something, anything to fire me for, besides just being disabled with an invisible illness. Me being upset that I was verbally abused, physically assaulted, and upset that they were going to inhumanely kill animals was worth firing me over. So I'm not proud of it, but I ghosted them. They didn't give me common decency, so they weren't worth my efforts. For weeks and weeks, I'd get emails asking for my keys to the zoo, asking if I got the email. I just let the email sit there. Finally, the owner called after a month and angrily asked for me to return my keys. I calmly said I put them in the mailbox the day she fired me and hung up. I knew they were so unorganized that no one but me checked the mailbox to the office. It had been a month, and to her knowledge, they could have been anywhere by now. I hoped they had to change all the locks to that office, and it was a mild inconvenience that really grated on them. I got a lot of joy watching those little birds play with that big chain of keys I hung in their bird room, right up until I found them a foster home where they would be cared for well. The little white bird was very healthy and happy when we parted ways, but I'd never visit that zoo again. They feed their dead zoo animals to their baboons. They collected the branches and grass for their enclosures from private farmland and have been run off people's property so often 
that staff had to be made aware they could get shot, and most importantly, why would I want to support that horrible place when I can pop up the road to this amazing zoo run by a legend's legacy? It's a small petty, but still petty revenge in my opinion. I wish I could have done more, honestly. I mean, I think beyond revenge, I think what OP did here was the right thing. Those birds obviously didn't deserve to get euthanized. If anything, maybe they were doing it to cause OP to have an outrage considering they put them right there next to them, said don't touch them. Maybe even touching them would have been their reason to fire OP. And maybe they were trying to cause an uproar for euthanizing the birds, I don't know. I don't know if there's some regulatory body that could shut down this place, but it sounds like they're not treating these animals right. I feel like they should be reported somewhere or at least be spoken out against pretty publicly if they aren't already. Let alone the fact that there's a better zoo nearby, I think it's the fact that they're so dumpy and slimy that would contribute to them being so poorly visited. Our next story is, there are people who use this footpath you blocked with your car, you know? So, I was living in this massive block of apartments near a small creek. The bank on which the building is built is well above the creek. And there's exactly one path that leads down to the kids' playground where moms take their kids and babies in strollers and people walk their dogs. One beautiful spring morning, I walked with my dog to the beginning of that path and found a car parked on it, occupying the whole width of the path. There was a massive pile of snow left on the path, ankle-deep mud right of the path, and spaces in the building's designated parking area. My dog and I crept through the snow, then I packed some dog crap in a bag and placed it snugly in the driver's door handle on my way back. The jerk didn't take the hint though. There were multiple crap-stained wet tissues thrown on the floor where the car had been, but I did at least get a petty revenge story out of it. I'm not saying I'm advocating for smearing dog poo all over somebody's car who parks like such a jerk like this, but... I understand it. Our next story is, remembered this and it made me chuckle. About five years ago, before we bought our house, my wife and I lived in an apartment complex that had biannual inspections. We were model tenants, especially compared to our neighborhood. The place was pretty strict, so we saw a lot of people over the years we lived there get evicted. My wife and I both worked nights, so we were asleep during these inspections. We just locked our bedroom door and slept through them, knowing everything was in order. The last one before we moved out had a handwritten bit on the standard notice of inspection stating that they absolutely needed to see the inside of the master bedroom. Okay, so we sleep during the day and had extreme blackout measures in our bedroom, all in accordance with lease rules. So for this one, we left the door unlocked and I stuck my wife's suction cup you know what stuck to the wall next to the light switch. So my question is I guess... Is this suction cup you-know-what stuck to the wall next to the light switch also in accordance with lease rules? I mean, I'm no expert with leasing rules, but I would suppose that there's probably not any subsection about sticking a you-know-what on your wall, as long as it doesn't have such strong suction that it would damage it. Our next story is, I must have picked it up from you, father. Here's a short tidbit from when I was a young child. I'm the oldest child and have a younger sister, let's call her Eliza. Eliza became a bit of a potty mouth after she started school. My father complained that it was my fault and that Eliza must have picked it up from me. I had to nip this in the bud. I cannot be held accountable for every single transgression of my sister, so I came up with a petty plan. I purposely dropped a pen in front of my father and swore in frustration. Hey, you don't have to swear, my father remarked. 
Sorry, I said. I must have picked it up from you. I'm surprised that it actually worked. My father stopped blaming me for Eliza's wrongdoings from then on. Instead, he would just talk to Eliza directly. Thankfully, my father had insight and was not the kind of person who would discipline me for talking back to him. I'm really glad for OP's sake that they clarified that last bit. I feel like a lot of people who are willing to blame you for your siblings' transgressions would also probably overlap with being the kind of person who cannot tolerate having an actual conversation where you disagree with them. Our next story is, jump the line at the grocery, huh? Very petty and yet, it's a business day at the grocery and all the lines are long. They get another cashier going and a few of us move to it. This is back before self-checkout. Then a lady pushes past from the back of the line to jump in front of me. Hey, I say, come on, really? She says nothing but smirks a little and stands her ground. My eye contact with a few others in line confirm, yeah, that was a bench move. I begin to quietly berate her, G-rated stuff, wow, not cool, etc. And she turns away to ignore me, aha. I continue to berate her to keep her turned away and start taking things out of her cart. This looks important. Oh, I bet the kids wanted this candy. I'm putting a few things in my cart, but most goes on the gum rack and the underbelt where the small baskets live. I even got a few off the belt after she unloads. She never sees it. Hopefully she figured it out when she finally got home and the family's asking for the barbecue sauce and snacks. I don't blame OP, but I do feel kind of bad for the kids that might have had their favorite candy coming home or whatnot, or Uncle Mark Zuckerberg was going to come over and all of a sudden you don't have the sweet baby rays. Our next story is, try to steal my car? Enjoy losing your partnership. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This is something that happened a long time ago, but it still tickles me. I was young and had had my little hand-me-down Acura Integra since I was 16. My parents let me borrow it and I paid for everything. Repairs, insurance, gas, etc. When I graduated high school, it was my graduation present. I had actually paid about $1,000 to them to cover insurance for a long-term time, not long before they dropped having me pay for insurance because neither my sister nor stepsister were paying for theirs. My stepdad was a mechanic and specialized in cars made for racing and car shows. He and his boss had had their vehicles featured in car magazines that were sold internationally. He took care of the repairs for it and I paid for parts. When I got to be around 23 to 24, I'd moved pretty far away. So obviously my stepdad wasn't taking care of the repairs anymore, but I did know some basic things. I was driving down the road when suddenly smoke or steam came pouring out from under the hood. I panicked, but pulled over as safely as I could and quickly contacted AAA. They sent someone to come tow their car to their garage to get it repaired. I get to the garage after I finally get a ride since they wouldn't let me ride in their truck. They tell me the mechanic is looking at it now. I wait a bit and then the guy comes out. He looks concerned and then lays it on me. 
Welp, your whole radiator blew. It'll cost about $2,000 or so to have it replaced. I began to panic because that was worth more than the car was. Then with a slight smirk he says, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you $2,000 and just take it off your hands for you, since its repairs are worth more than the car itself. Alarm bells went off immediately. This guy was obviously trying to scam me and take my car. Now I'm ticked. I don't let it show though, and say I have to make some phone calls. I step outside and walk around and peek into the garage bay. The guy steps back into the garage and goes to his bench and starts chatting with the other mechanic. He's grinning up a storm and plastered all over his workbench are photos of modified cars. One of the photos happens to be my stepdad's boss's car, which is a bright yellow Acura Integra and hard to miss. It was the one at the front and it all clicked into place. I called my stepdad and asked him about how likely it was that the radiator had completely blown. He said that it was highly unlikely, but not impossible. I explained everything to him and he told me, do not sell that car. He's trying to get it because he wants to kit it out. Ask if he can show you exactly in the engine where the problems were. If he shows you, he might be legit, but take photos and send them to me so I can be sure. If he refuses or attempts to distract or dissuade you, he's lying and get it towed to another shop right away. Do not let them do anything until after I verify. I hung up and put back on my distraught face, making my way back into the office. I asked the manager if the mechanic could show me exactly where the problem was. The manager went and got the mechanic, and wouldn't you know it, he absolutely refused to show me, saying I wouldn't know what I was looking at. There was no point because it was completely busted and any other excuse he could. I told them, please do not make any repairs. I'm going to have it towed to another shop. They got angry and tried to dissuade me again, but I wouldn't budge. I called AAA to see if they would cover having it towed to a different location. They said no and that it had already been taken to a AAA garage. So any other towing would be on me. I arranged my own tow and had them tow it to a shop right next to where I was living that had the best reviews in town. The reviews all made a point of saying that they never tried to get people to do unnecessary repairs and often did their best to save people money. One even said they had taken it to a different place and they tried to get them to do a bunch of stuff before being brought there and told most of it was completely unnecessary. After I had it towed there, I got a call from AAA again. They wanted to know why I was having it towed to a different shop, as it seemed very odd and they were following up on that request. I told them everything. The lady was silent for most of my story. She asked me, do they have AAA logos on their vehicles? I confirmed that they didn't have just one, but no less than six AAA logos on each tow vehicle they had, and was prominently displayed on their website and pictures of the trucks were on there too. She stayed silent for a while and said she would call me back again before hanging up. The other shop looked over my car, and everyone was super kind and friendly. The mechanic came and got me from the waiting room and took me back to the shop. He pointed into the engine. See that hose there? It's the factory hose. It's over 20 years old. It ruptured because it's too old. I'm surprised it lasted this long. I asked about the whole radiator being blown, and he looked at me like I'd had grown several heads. What? No, of course not. I even tested it and it was fine, even well beyond its labeled rating. Whoever told you that was lying their butt off. We went back into the office and I explained everything to them and they looked at me horrified. 
Again, the mechanic interjected, What a jerk! How dare he lie and try to steal your car like that? What's the shop's name so I can make sure no one I know ever goes there? Trying to say it'll cost $2,000 to repair when it just needs a $20 hose replaced? They fixed up my car, and after I got it home, I got a call. It was AAA again, and the lady asked if I had any updates. Boy, did I fill her in. I didn't leave anything out. Everything the mechanic had said, the discrepancy in the repair costs, the actual repair required. She was silent, but I could hear her fingers madly typing away. Once I was done, she said, I am so sorry for what happened. We take these things very seriously. Don't worry, they won't get away with this. A week later, I checked on that shop. All the AAA logos were gone, and they were no longer listed as being a AAA-approved business. Honestly, although they didn't help out on the second tow, having that experience and knowing that they actually took it accountably would make me feel a little bit better about having that AAA membership or whatnot. The only sad thing is you wish you could go back and rub it in their face, find that manager or that mechanic that was trying to rip you off and call them out in the lobby, even better if there were other people there. I think I would take my savings of $1,980 and spend a little bit time trying to make a public outcry about how horrendous this place was. Our next story is, deliberately deplete my prepaid phone balance? You will pay for it 1,000 times over. I went to middle school in the early 2010s, right before smartphones really took off. I got my first phone right before starting 6th grade. It was a slide phone with a pay-as-you-go plan that cost 10 cents per minute for calls and per text message sent or received. Worse yet, sending or receiving photos cost 25 cents each. It was very expensive, and my parents only gave me $100 a year for this. If I exceeded the amount, I had to cover the rest with my limited birthday and Christmas money I had. Fortunately, most of my friends were good about helping me preserve the balance. They would call, and I'd let the call drop but immediately call back on a landline so it wouldn't count as a call, and they would email me or message me on Skype for most things. Everything was good until Derek joined the group in 7th grade. At first, we thought he was funny, but we quickly got fed up with him as he was very unpleasant and exhibited many antisocial behaviors. He started drama within the friend group and also caused issues between us and other kids outside of the group. He was manipulative and always played the victim when others rightfully called him out on his crap, and he knew how to charm parents. So getting rid of him was easier said than done. He was the one friend who didn't respect my phone situation. He very frequently texted me dumb memes, even though I told him multiple times to just email or Skype them to me instead, since picture texts cost 25 cents each. Unfortunately, blocking phone numbers was a feature that was unavailable for this pay-as-you-go plan, so there was nothing I could do as he spammed my phone. One day, he got mad at me for some reason and spammed my phone with memes. He must have sent me over 100 lolcats over text. He kept sending them until I lost service since my phone balance was depleted. I had lost the $40 remaining in my account as a result. I was extremely ticked and demanded that he pay me the $40 he had cost me, and he refused and said it wasn't his problem. I got home from school really upset and told my dad about the situation, expecting him to go and tear Derek's mother a new one and demand the money, but my dad said that it wasn't worth the battle. I even asked him about a small claims court, but he said that not all battles are worth fighting and that the effort wasn't worth $40. He took me to the carrier store and loaded $50 onto the phone. 
The carrier changed my phone number, and they managed to block Derek's number. They had initially said that blocking phone numbers wasn't possible with this plan, but my dad insisted and would not leave the store until they did it. I was extremely paranoid about my phone number being leaked and other kids spamming it to freak with me. Fortunately, my parents got iPhones that summer and got me one too, and the new family plan had an unlimited text plan. Nonetheless, I was ticked at the $40 he essentially stole from me out of malice. Fortunately, not too long after, there was a big blowout between Derek and the rest of the friend group at the end of the school year, and we permanently kicked him out of the group. He was an outcast the following year in 8th grade. Nobody was tolerating his crap anymore, and he changed schools the year after, and we never heard from him again. Fast forward to a few years ago, I was back home for a few months between graduating college and starting a new job on the other side of the country. I went out to some garage sales one Saturday morning, and I ended up at Derek's house. I recognized his mother, but I don't think she recognized me. I guess glasses and a beard is all you need. I noticed some Pokemon napkins out for sale, and when I picked them up to look at them, Derek's mom said that her son had been obsessed with Pokemon for his whole life, and that she was tired of Pokemon stuff occupying her home for so many years. I said that these napkins were for my younger cousin who's really into Pokemon, and asked if she had any more Pokemon stuff. She said she didn't know people were still into that, and that there were a few boxes in the attic with her son's old stuff. She actually took me inside the house, which I never imagined I'd set foot inside ever again, and let me climb up the attic ladder and take down several large boxes to look through. The first one had Christmas ornaments in it, and other junk, but I freaked out inside when she opened a box jam-packed with Pokemon video games in the original boxes, though I kept my cool on the outside. The whole reason I'd agreed to go inside in the first place was because I was holding out hope of this exact scenario happening. See, I knew Derek was obsessed with Pokemon. Our friend group liked Pokemon back in the day, even when other kids thought it wasn't cool. But Derek was on a whole different level. He bragged about his Pokemon collection all the time. At the time, he had every single main series game in the original box and in mint condition, as he always had to add in. I went to his house once and he was showing me his collection. He yelled at me for touching one of the games. Nobody was allowed to touch them except him. He had many older Nintendo games in excellent condition, but Pokemon was his favorite. He had a couple incidents with his mom damaging or throwing away his things. It wasn't out of malice, but just ignorance, as she didn't think the games or collectibles had any value. Fast forward into the present day, I was thinking about this when I asked his mother if she had any other Pokemon stuff. She ended up bringing out the mother load. We opened all of the boxes she had me bring down. Within the boxes, there was the beloved collection of Pokemon games. All very well preserved, as well as several Nintendo consoles, hundreds of games, two dozen binders full of Pokemon cards, and there was also a box of many Lego sets, with the original boxes and everything, with many old Star Wars sets. When I saw Django Fett, I knew I struck gold. I told her that I like old Legos as well and asked her how much for the five boxes of games, cards, and Lego sets. And she thought for a second and said, $100 a box or $400 for all five. I told her I would take it all and haul butt to get to an ATM. 
I loaded the five boxes into my dad's truck and immediately drove home. I knew there was potentially tens of thousands of dollars of goods here. This was the score of a lifetime and I finally felt vindicated for the $40 Derek had taken from me all those years ago. I ended up giving all the stuff to my uncle, who's a hobbyist eBay reseller. He offered to sell it all, he was willing to go through the effort and sell everything individually, and despite my insistence, he said he wouldn't take more than a 10% cut of the profits after all fees and taxes. We went through and logged every single item along with the estimated value, and the total of the whole lot was about $40,000. 40000 was a poetic number since this was a thousand times the value of what Derek stole from me all those years ago. My uncle sold most of the lot before the end of the summer and ended up writing me a check. Though it was considerably less than $40,000, it was still a life-changing amount of money for me. I was able to pay off my remaining student loans and put the rest towards a down payment on a new car. Man, it really sucks to make some enemies as a kid, huh? You know, those kids grow up and uh, they get a little bit more powerful sometimes. I almost kind of feel bad for the mom because they just didn't know the value of what they had. And, I mean, you can't help but feel bad for Derek when they're inevitably going to come back home and find out, Oh, that? Oh, yeah, I sold it for $400. Just your life's collections being pawned off for 400 measly bucks. But with that being said... That's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.